Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Welcome to the Habitat Podcast, the podcast for wildlife habitat management, hunting strategy, and land stewardship. And now, your host, Jared Van Hees. Welcome to the Habitat Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Van Hees, and we are here to become better habitat managers together. Guys, welcome back. We have a great show for you here today. I know I say that every week, but I truly mean it. We have Mr. Al Tomechko back on our soil health segments here. So this segment, we're talking about the vitalized seed fall mix. The fall mix is titled carbon load. So we're going to have Al on here. We're going to go over some listener questions that he's been getting recently regarding the fall seed mix. Um, It's, you know, fall food plots are on the mind. I know we just got done planting spring. And those are off to the races, but uh, fall is on the mind, and we're we're excited to get this new mix out to you. We uh, the new mix is available. Carbon load is available at vitalizeseed.com right now for pre-orders. So everybody is, or there have been many people getting their pre-orders in. We thank you, you guys, you you early preppers. Well done. Um, well, we're gonna get some shipments in a couple of weeks and get the seed out to you guys. So if you're interested, after you hear this episode. Check out the link in your show notes, vitalizeseed.com, and look at carbon load and uh, get your orders in for fall. I also want to talk about Michigan whitetail pursuit. So we just got done doing turkey season, and there are a bunch of awesome, organic, you know, fair chase, whatever you want to call it, like real stuff, right? That's what I'm trying to get at. Real people hunting real property in Michigan. Um, a lot of good turkey hunts. Uh, yours truly has one on there. I got a nice Tom this year, about 11-inch beard. Uh, actually, limb hanger. Could hang them from the spurs. That's the first for me. That hunt is on there, along with many other turkey hunts. And then, guys, there's just seasons of free deer hunting to watch. Bow hunting, gun hunting, youth hunting, everything on there. MichiganWhitetailPursuit.com. Follow them on Facebook too. There's a there's a group called the Michigan Whitetail Pursuit. It's a huge group. You know, I think it's probably up near twenty thousand people now. Um, great place just to you know, like I said, real hunters community, not the stuff you see on you know the outdoor channel. More realistic stuff that we're dealing with you know every day. Relatable, 
another term used there. So check them out, michiganwhitetailpursuit.com. All right, and lastly, I want to thank First Light. So guys, if you haven't checked out First Light, go to firstlight.com. That's all the hunting apparel and cold weather gear that I use in the fall. So I use um, their late season stuff and their mid season stuff. I haven't gone with the early season stuff yet, but normally I don't try to hunt till mid to late October. And, and I like their mid season stuff. And then the, uh, the late season, I actually stayed very warm in their gear and you can zip up the sides. So you don't get sweaty, hot walking in there and then plop them back down when you get to your stand. That's what I like. Um, you'll be able to, to stay cool while you're hiking out there. So Go to firstlight.com if you haven't checked them out or heard of them. You know, watch some any of the meat eater episodes. You know, all those shows on Netflix are all wearing the first light stuff. If you want to get an idea of, of what it looks like and how it functions, check them out. That's firstlight.com. All right. I just want to say thank you to the listeners. You guys have been awesome. Um, we have some brand new koozies up on the website. I'm sending out koozies for reviews, free reviews. Thank you much who have left those reviews. Uh, I also want to thank everybody who's reading our blog posts. We've been doing kind of a Soil Health Friday email that goes out to all the subscribers every Friday. So the articles are also up at habitatpodcast.com. If you missed the email, feel free to check them out there. Really, anybody who's into you know soil health, you know plant nutrients, you know antler and and fawn and deer health, all of that comes from the soil and, and what we're growing here. So check it out. Habitatpodcast.com. The Habitat Journal's up there. And uh, otherwise, subscribe in your email address and you'll get the email every Friday with our current blog posts and current podcast episodes. So thank the rest of our partners here. We have Packer Max, Colta Packers, Exodus Trail Cameras, Morris Nursery, Afflictor Broadheads, and Vitalize Seed Company. Guys, we have a great episode next week. We have a gentleman named Heath uh usda we're talking waterfowl habitat so that'll be coming next week and um after that we're going to hear about my trip with the forester on the northern 70 so tune in more episodes coming at you soon looking forward to it with you guys um let's get right into it now with al soil health segment and fall food plots all right guys we're back we have the seed scientist himself mr al tomeshko how you doing today al Good, good. I don't know if that's... Uh, a f- no, I was going to throw that at you, did you? No, no, I don't think that's uh, a fair fair name or assessment, but uh, I certainly have a passion for it, that's that's for sure. Uh, sometimes I can make uh, bad judgment calls, so maybe maybe that was one. I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> no worries. Good to be talking with you today. We've had uh, a heck of a spring with Nitro Boost and the launch of Vitalized Seed. Very, very... Uh, you know, proud and grateful of, uh, you know, for all of our, our customers and, and the business, how it's going so far. And, um, you know, everybody's getting ready for, for fall, you know, for carbon load, for hunting season, for whitetail attractiveness. So we thought we'd jump on here, go over a few listener questions that we've been getting, um, talk about, you know, some of the dealer locations, that sort of thing. So welcome back to the show, my friend. Yeah. Thanks buddy. Thanks for having me. And I get, I get, yeah. Thanks to everybody who, who bought, who considered, who, even if you didn't buy. I mean, the people who've reached out, the people who've liked posts, have shared posts, have commented, have shared things in, in forums, have asked additional questions. Hey, what does this mean? Um, it's awesome, and it helps to drive us to learn. I mean, I, 
I can't tell you how many times uh, that I've gone to, you know, our, our partners at Ward Labs and said, hey, here's kind of what I'm thinking about this soil test that somebody sent me. Um, but let's reconfirm that my, my thoughts are, are right on this so I can get the best information. Um, every time somebody do, does that, it gives us an opportunity to earn their business either now or in the future. And it was humbling to see the support. And I just want to, again, say thank you to everybody. And uh, we're looking forward to this fall, uh, this fall blend and the fall hunting season and safe hunting season for everybody. Yes, sir. Let's, um, let's get, get right into that fall blend. That fall blend is titled Carbon Load. That is up on the website for pre-orders right now. Be shipping here in a couple of weeks. You know, we just want to make sure we're out and ahead of the, the fall planting for the guys who like to prep. You know, I already have a bunch of pre-orders going in, so there are a bunch of preppers out there getting ready for fall. I love it. And um, let's talk about that load, I guess. So where, where did the, the idea and the, the combination or, or ingredient list, if you will, stem from, Al? How did this begin in the carbon load? Yeah, I mean, I've been making these mixes for quite some time now, you know, and uh, I have continued to tweak and probably will continue to tweak, I'm sure, over the years slightly as to, you know, okay, I'm a little bit more of this, a little bit more of that. And um, obviously, it's, it's worked really well. I mean, people have seen, seen my fields for, for years, and, um, and that's kind of where this mix started you know, in, in making those tweaks and um, seeing where we could go with it and wanting to have a good, highly diverse, multiple crop types, right? So we don't just want grains and we don't just want brassicas and we don't want just want buckwheat. We want everything that's going to work together in the soil, but also for pollinators and for deer and for other wildlife. So what I was able to do, um, or what we really strive to do in this mix is, you know, we included multiple grains, we have multiple types of brassicas, and we can get into the specifics um, of those and why we picked them. Multiple types of clovers. So we're still, you know, we're not only going to have carbon sources. We're also still going to have legumes in this mix. Um, and then, of course, things like like buckwheat, right? So we wanted to put buckwheat in there. Um, you know, it isn't going to make it all the way through the winter, but it's going to be a really nice... Um, weed suppressant. It does solubilize some phosphorus. It's kind of known to do that through its root exudation. Um, deer will browse it as well. And what's really neat about fall planted buckwheat is um, it's supposedly very good for honeybees. I don't have any honeybees myself, but I've heard that it's uh, as pollinating sources are being reduced as you go into the fall and having that buckwheat flowered there, um, a lot of honeybees will take advantage of that, which is pretty neat for the overall ecosystem. Couldn't agree more. Um, you know, we care about bees and butterflies here at the show too. And What's interesting is people have been planting buckwheat. You know, we've all seen the YouTube videos and, and everything else about buckwheat for a soil builder for a while now. Um, and the price of that has just skyrocketed this year. I was seeing 80, 90 bucks a bag, hundred bucks a bag in some, in some cases. Um, <laughs> and that's funny because this mix is, has 15 additional, you know, seed types in it. With, with buckwheat and uh is about that same price point if not more efficient so it's kind of cool to see that you can do the soil building but now we're adding more soil diversity in terms of root structure and we're also going after the whitetail you know what do they like to what do they like to eat i've been planting this stuff for years too in separate mixes right i've been planting the different grains been planting the brassicas been planting the clovers so now i am extremely excited about carbon load this fall um, yeah, I mean, adding things too in there, like we've added hairy veg, 
you know, hairy vetch has been a very common cover crop in the agricultural space for, for years. I mean, it creates a ton of above ground biomass, huge end fixer, right? So it's fixing a ton of, and, nice. and it's a good balance to having a bunch of, hence the name carbon, load, high carbon items in there, right? Um, <clears throat> you know, so when you look at our mix um, and how you're going to feed the soil and also wildlife, right? Deer will eat hairy vetch. And, um, you, you can really start to understand how these systems work together and how these mixes work together to feed the soil and also the, the wildlife that are going to be in this area. You know, but honestly, I plan on using this mix in my garden as well as a fall cover crop. Um, you know, so it's, it's really beneficial to have all of these mixes, all of these species together in a mix in the right balance. Um, and, you know, we can kind of talk about that a little bit as well. And that, you know, that's something that you'll see on our website and a lot of the pictures where you have a turn up and you have the grains and you have hairy vetch creeping through. I mean, maximizing photosynthetic capture, which that's kind of the life form, right? That's pumping all of those exudates into the soil because they're capturing photosynthesis and it's solubilizing all those nutrients. It's bringing them up to the surface. And you're also prepping the soil for next spring's planting of our nitro boost, right? Um, which is then going to help break down everything that was planted this fall to keep building on those blocks, hence the one, two process. So you can absolutely start this now. Like if you didn't plan our nitro boost or you got a brand new field or something like that, you can start in the fall. It's just getting started. You can plant carbon load now. And then next spring, you can come right in and plant, you know, the nitro boost to help make sure that you're capturing some of that end that was fixed with some of those species like a sunflower, right? Or the buckwheat that's in our spring mix or something like that, the sorghum. Um, but then you also are going to fix more nitrogen. So come fall, next year's carbon load is going to be ready to take full advantage of all that free, basically fertilizer or solubilized nutrients um, that's in the soil profile. Yeah, and that's we're, we're kind of um, we're touching on a lot here, and I want to just hit the listener questions here. We have five or six we're going to cover here today. One was what is carbon load and why. We kind of just went over that. Um, that's the fall mix, carbon heavy feeding, ready for the spring mix. Then you just you just mentioned it, Al. When can we start the process? That was another listener question. And do I have to start in the spring? And you kind of just hit that. But talk about that a little more on on when you can start in the fall. You can. Put it in the ground, however you want to put it in the ground, really. Uh, we prefer a no-till system for to help that biology live. But if you want to till it up this fall and plant it, you're starting the process. That's what we care about, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if, if tillage is the only thing that you can do or, or have access to, you know, I always tell people just, you know, be cognizant of what negatives tillage can have. You know, try to not till, if your tiller can go eight inches deep, you know, maybe till it an inch deep and see if that's good enough. You know, don't, don't necessarily um, till as deep as, as you um, absolutely can, but just till maybe uh, to the maximum that you have to, you know. So basically, if you can till a half inch, till a half inch, you know, just enough to get those seeds covered. If, if that's something that you feel you do need to do, I can tell you, I've been using this mix. All the pictures on the website have been done um, through, uh, no-till broadcast only methods um, for this particular mix. If you're looking at the nitro boost pictures, yes, I did use a no-till planter and broadcast method this year because I had access to something a little different. So I don't want to make be misleading that I do want to clarify. If you're like, hey, those perfect rows are perfect. That was only for the nitro boost. But all the pictures for the last several years that I've been using this mix, broadcast and, uh, and herbicide um, burnoff has been the primary means for getting this planted. Um, <clears throat> so the reason you can start this process at any point, I just want to make this clear, is that 
we're, we're focusing on taking a field and having an annual balanced carbon to nitrogen ratio per that field. So we're emphasizing bio, biology in the soil. We're emphasizing nutrient solubility in the soil. And how are we going to do this is through diverse root systems, divert plant systems, managing browse pressure. That's an important one. I mean, if plants are over browse, you will stop photosynthetic energy capture. So we do want to manage browse pressure, um, which typically means shoot more deer, plant more food or both. Um, in most of the Midwest, it's both. Um, but if you plant it in the fall, all you're going to do is build up that carbon load or carbon in your soil, right? That's going to need to be broken down. Well, in order to break that down at a steady pace, just like with compost, you have to balance it with nitrogen in your soil profile. Well, it just so happens that our nitro boost comes in the spring, and then you're going to plant that right into where your carbon load was. You're going to have your carbon load terminated, and your nitro boost will then start that cycle. It'll be pumping in. Uh, it's heavy legume. There are some other plants in there. I'm not going to go through all the reasons why on this episode, because we want to keep it fairly short, but we're keeping nitrogen in the cycle with some of the plants that aren't uh, legumes. And we're going to help to break that carbon load down. So you can start, obviously, a lot of people started, thank you again, uh, this spring and summer. But you can absolutely start it this fall. It's the same idea. And the idea is that it's a one-two system. And it's just on top of each other, building onto each other um, to keep those nutrients in the cycle and keep cycling them through. And, of course, capturing and solubilizing more via nitrogen gas in the air or things like phosphorus, potassium, et cetera, that are already in the soil profile but are um, – bound up and we need to make them solubilized yep that gas in the air the air 78 percent nitrogen folks 78 percent. so that's how these plants can put that nitrogen from the air into the soil here and al you mentioned year after year of terminating these crops after they've done their job and planting into the into the crop or or for the next crop now after, what does that leave us with that leaves us with premier slow release fertilizer does it not Absolutely. And, and the big key to this is making sure that your carbon to carbon to nitrogen ratios are balanced. And hence why, you know, we kind of came out with this mix, right? Like, I mean, I was answering questions for years and I, I, people get frustrated. Hey, I tried this and they planted heavy, 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 heavy grains. And then come spring, they plant, let's just say a monoculture of soybeans. Well, they go, yeah, but the thatch was so thick. I wasn't able to break it down. Well, you simply don't have you, you, you aren't creating a system that is diverse enough in a microbe population that's robust enough with enough carbon and enough nitrogen to cycle that. So what you end up with is a big end tie-up of rye. I, I think Mitch even talked about it with us, um, you know, big-time farmer for those who didn't listen. You know, where I think in the first year they had done really heavy rye grain-only uh, cover crops and then went in and tried to plant corn the next year and they end up losing a hundred dollars an acre because they just had such end tie up that in order to get that corn to grow, they probably had to put a ton of like 28 right in furrow after that corn to feed that corn and get it to jump up, but also to feed the microbes to break down that thatch. So the whole idea is that when you're, you want slow release fertilizer, but you don't want it too slow that you're getting nutrient tie up. And that's the fine line. Um, but between these these systems and why we came out with the system the way that we did that's um you know nitro boost in the spring carbon load in the fall yeah maximizing efficiency i love it and there is another question here regarding planting dates so right now it's you know mid to late june let's go over planting dates um 
I know it depends on what your goals are, right? So if you're a turnip guy, want big bulbs, that's one thing. Or if you like fresh young grains, that's another. I'm thinking at this time, it could change, but I'm probably thinking mid-August, mid to late August, all depends on some good rain. But what are your thoughts on planting days? Yeah, I think you're spot on, Jared. I mean, most areas of the country um, is going to be right around mid-August. You know, you're between that four to eight week window, um, depending on where you're at in, in the country for first frost points. Um, you know, I would say the earliest I would recommend would be like end of July. Okay. Um, yeah. I've planted at the end That's of July. Fair. I've planted it um, in mid-August to be totally transparent. I haven't seen a huge difference in draw or palatability or anything like that. Um, some people worry about grain height. Um, I'm not, that's not a, a concern. I mean, it, now if you were saying, Hey, I'm going to play it on July 4th, I'd say, Whoa, 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 let's pump the brakes because one, remember we have a one, two system here. So like for me, I want to let my spring mix get spring, summer mix, get as mature as it possibly can before it starts phasing out, which is around that 60 to 90 day window, depending on the specific crop before I plant my carbon load. So my carbon load can take full advantage of all those nutrients that were sequestered through our spring mix. So that mid August, is good. I would say the latest date, and it's still going to give your turnips some good time because most turnips or brassicas, excuse me, um, are not going to die right at that first frost. They're going to continue to grow as many of us have probably noticed um, over the years. So um, September 1st or that Labor Day weekend, a lot of folks like to plant around there. You typically have some good rains around that time frame, anyways. Um, good Lord willing, Labor Day is beautiful and then everything after that, it rains. Um, that tends to be a good a good time to plant as well. So I'd say end of July to September 1st is, is really good. And that depends on the grower's goals um, as well as, you know, I, the base, best thing, especially if you're doing broadcast method, is really try to plant when you have a good chance of rain, at least in the next upcoming days. Um, because as we know in the summer, you know, you don't want to go two, three weeks without rain. Um, as good as these systems are, as good as the seed mixes are, we still need Mother Nature to, to guide us and um, to help us grow things. So if you can plant with a good chance of rain, that'll definitely help your uh, help your success and mitigate the risk of uh, potential seed loss. Yeah, I like that. I mean, in this in this mix, you know, I can see why some guys might go towards the earlier part of August with, with five different brassicas, but there's also, you know, four grains, four clover. There's, there's a lot more in there as well. And kind of rolling right into our next question, I guess let's talk about the drilling versus the broadcasting of this fall mix prior to how we're going to terminate the spring mix. We'll kind of maybe hit both these in one, but one question is, you know, what rate per acre do we use with drilling and with broadcasting? That's important to know. And then how do we terminate the nitro boost over the carbon load? at this time of year. And then again, in the spring, I think was the actual question. How do we terminate the, again in so, the spring? After I guess I'll, let me take the drilling and then I'll have you handle the broadcasting. Sure. Um, sure. But I think for, for drilling, um, you have a couple different options. Number one, we're going to drill at about 45 pounds to the acre. Um, I want people to realize that that is probably a little bit lighter than some of the other fall mixes out there. And that's because of the balance of our mix. Um, again, we're, we have quite a bit of grains, but we're not overly grain heavy because we wanted to give the attractiveness of also your brassicas, right? So we have five different brassicas in here that are specially formulated. Um, we got Winfred brassica, just for talking purposes, not going to have a huge bulb, but going to have a huge top, um, was made for forageability for cattle. We have eight pin turnips. I'm just going to name a couple. I'm not going to name everything in here, but eight pin turnips, again, has a smaller bulb, but has between four and eight shoots off the top, which are made for forageability, browsability. 
again, was used as cover crops in, um, in some cattle type operations um, as it's grown in, in popularity. You know, purple top turnip, of course, and then your tillage radish or your um, driller radish, um, as it's, as it's uh, often referred to, which is kind of a, just a cream of, of the crop as far as soil building, as well as, um, I mean, the deer will eat the snot out of radish um, also. So when you're drilling at 45 pounds to the acre, you need to be able to give those type of plants room to grow. You know, we also have our peas, we also have our buckwheat, we also have our hairy vegetables, we also have a crimson clover, so on and so forth. So I don't want people to go, whoa, why, why am I only drilling at 45 pounds to the acre versus, you know, maybe something else that, that's told you have to do 150 pounds to the acre or something, you know, I'm off the top of my head, just ballparking. Um, so, so that's something to, to keep in mind. As far as termination goes, you have a few options. Of course, herbicide is always an option. Um, the other options, uh, drill right through the standing crop. You know, most of these drills today, even on the lighter end drills, um, are, are heavy enough that they're going to roll over most of the plant species in your nitro boost that are kind of at the end of their life cycle anyways, right? Soybeans, by September 10th are pretty much dried out. You know, most farmers are getting ready to cut them. There's of course some, some, some rarities there, but they're pretty much dried out to the point where the farmers are going to cut them within 30 days, you know, give or take there um, after the mid September. Um, I know Ohio always opens late September and everyone always thinks I got a big buck pattern in soybeans, big buck pattern in soybeans, and never is that big buck in their opening day because the soybeans are no longer uh, attractive. Um, they will be later in the year. So that's why running a drill through there is kind of neat because you might have a couple stand up that are just kind of hanging there holding pods, um, especially the eagle beans that were in our nitro um, boost mix. You know, really good, highly preferred, good seed production and also forageability as a soybean and the ag beans that are in that mix will also produce a lot of pods. So running that right through there is kind of a neat idea. Um, I think I might have, might have mentioned, but of course you have herbicide um, applications. You can also drill through and mow off either um, flail mower or even a bush hog. Um, bush hog, you could have some windrow action. Um, so maybe mow two directions if you can. Um, again, I've tried it. I've never had it I've never had dead rows where it windrowed, right? I, I've just, I've never had that as an issue, um, but something to just maybe be a little bit cognizant of. Um, a flail mower would be really optimal. Um, and then of course you have your crimping and rolling options. You know, so Lincoln, you know, our buddy Lincoln, um, one of our dealers uh, owns Packer Max and he's the crimper and the uh, just the Packer Max in general. And you could absolutely uh, drill and then roll everything right behind it, which is going to get even thatched layer and allow those rows to come up right through. So I think I covered everything that I can think of. I mean, there might be another way out there that somebody wanted to, want, wants to try and do. And please send us an email and let us know because we definitely want to make sure that we're giving everybody their options. But those are the ones that come to mind for me as far as uh, drilling and kind of the rates at which we're drilling and why and some of the ways for termination. Well said. Yeah, you covered a lot right there and uh, leaves me a little bit easier on the broadcast method because a lot of that's the same in terms of termination methods um and for broadcasting the fall mix we like to recommend anywhere around a 25 percent increase in seed sometimes less sometimes more depends on your thatch layer honestly if you don't have very much thatch recommend some more and vice versa but we never want to go over a 50 percent increase so if we have a bag per acre 45 pounds per acre we never want to go over a bag and a half um, we've seen other mixes out there that recommend two bags, etc. Um, you know, throw it on there. And the reason we say 
we don't want to go higher than that is because we have a lot of competing brassicas in here. And I don't know about you guys, but I've had a bag of brassicas where I had, you know, a quarter bag left over after I was done broadcasting in the past. I go out there and throw it on anyways because, well, I have it. Then they all compete with each other. They're all growing neck and neck with each other. You don't get the bulb production at all. Um, some of the tops look okay, but we're trying to give everything a diverse and even playing field, which is why these mixes are the way they are and why we're not going to recommend you buy and spread out too much seed. That'll hinder your performance, hinder your growth. So in terms of broadcasting, I like to use either a solo spreader on my chest. You could use a bag spreader. Um, I've also used one on my ATV made for like snow salt. That works pretty good. Um, I haven't had to stop and mix everything up while I'm going. I just go and it works great. And once you broadcast that in, I like to broadcast into the standing nitro boost, right? Into the standing previous crop. Then I'll terminate over the seed I had just broadcasted. So now how I do that, I use, like Al said, Lincoln's Packer Max Roller Crimper Combo. Um, I've used a light dose of herbicide. That works great too. Um, and also, I haven't tried the mowing yet with a flail mower. I've used a regular mower that I cut my grass with at home. That doesn't windrow too bad either. Um, as you take the little guard off and it can shoot off the side pretty far. Don't let it shoot upwind back under your, under your face because you get covered with it. But it does work. Um, so yeah, I'll probably this fall, depending on how great the Nitro Boost looks, I will definitely crimp it. Possible herbicide in some spots, possible not, depending what other you know, compete competitions in there. But again, both our fall carbon load and our spring nitro boost are 45 pounds to the acre. And they are that way for a very specific reason. Um, and then in the spring, the same steps apply, honestly. So yeah, the only thing I would add there, Jared, is I think I'm broadcasting, you know, there is the chance that if your nitro boost is really doing well, um, you know, obviously you're not going to have the drill going through there laying everything down. But you can just walk through there with a bag spreader and, and, you know, put it down, just spread it right into it and just kind of let natural uh, growth occur, right? Those seeds are going to germinate and they're going to, you know, your, your peas and your vetch are going to climb up the dying sunflower stalks and dying um, soybeans and things. So, you know, there's a lot of different ways to do that. Um, you're not going to, it's not going to look as pretty, you know, as maybe if it was rolled over with a, a packer or a crimper or a drill, but if you don't have access to that, Again, with a timely rain, um, you know, these small brassica seeds are going to find their way into the soil profile. Um, you know, your grains, they'll just about grow on the bumper of a pickup truck, you know, and, and just make sure that you're, you're looking at those things and considering those things because um, there's a lot of ways to get this done and get things growing that's also going to feed the soil, but also going to feed the deer. Yeah, we're just trying to simplify this for, for everyone out there. You know, two mixes a year, you can cut your your uh, days planting or hours planting down by quite a bit. And I'm sort of the guy that maximizes efficiency and time. And that works out perfect for me. Um, it's kind of why I went no-till in the first place about four years ago after talking to, you know, Phil Holcomb and, and everybody else way back in the beginning of the podcast. Um, it absolutely works great. Now, let's get into the next question. What is the vitalized difference, right? What are we trying to do? with this whole thing, Al? What's yeah, I mean, I think that as, as passionate wildlife managers and habitat managers, I, I think that 
we're not trying to put food plots um, or wildlife pastures or whatever you want to call them above sound habitat management strategies. You know, food plots are awesome. They're fun. I love them. You love them. You know, who doesn't like tractor therapy, right? Like, but at the same time, um, you know, there's a lot of other very important things that we need to do as far as habitat managers. If we're talking specifically wildlife, um, you know, focus. Now, if we're talking soil health, which is something I'm very passionate about, whether it's, you know, in, in my garden or just helping other people from a farmer. I mean, I've been so blessed through this opportunity. Have farmers reach out to me, all sorts of different people um, that, you know, we're going through soil tests and making suggestions and recommendations and, and things. And that's a totally different thing as well. Um, but what are we trying to do with, with this particular mix within the wildlife space is we want to reduce people's demand or need, I guess I should say, reliance is the word I was looking for on fertilizer, because there's another way. Um, we want to help educate people through abundant transparency, right? I mean, that's why I don't know how many people read them because I, I always joke, I say I'm inherently long-winded, but it's not really a joke. It's pretty accurate. But I write these blogs and I often have them reviewed by soil scientists at Ward Laboratories to ensure accuracy. And I try to do this every Friday and it's quite time-consuming, but I do it because I care. Like, I don't want people to feel like we're just trying to sell something that's like, this is a magic, you know, pill that you're going to plant this and you're going to grow to an energy deer. You're going to plant this and your organic matter is 12%. Like, no, I want people to understand. Of course, we want you to plant our mixes. I mean, we have time, we have capital, everything invested in this. But I also want people to understand in full transparency how soil functions. You know, what does CEC mean? What is organic matter? Like, what does it do? Everybody talks about organic matter, but what is it? Like, so we want to be transparent. One of the things that you and I sat down when we first started looking at these mixes is, all right, do we private label every individual brand? Which by the way, folks, like we can do that per USDA guidelines. Like I can call a purple top turn up Albert and Jared's big buck, buck buster 2000 turn up mix. That's totally legal. And we can just simply, you will see VNS, which is variety not stated. And then you rename that particular variety. I didn't want to do that, and Jared didn't either. I mean, I felt like, you know what? We do need to be transparent. There's a lot of science that goes into the one-two system and kind of how this is functioning. There's a lot of years of experience behind these systems with forever fluidity and tweaking, right? Because there's always new science that's coming out. But the basic is the same. And what we went ahead and did is, you know, we want people to realize that, you know, we're using Dixie Crimson Clover. We're using fixation balanza. In our spring mix, I mentioned it earlier, you know, we have eagle forage soybeans. You know, we're using, um, well, purple top turnips, of course, is a, is a classic. Um, you know, you're, we're using driller daikon radish. We're using frosty bursine. Um, we're using mixes in crop species that are very well known and have been well known for decades in the cover crop world of agriculture. And we're just simply putting together in ratios that make sense and sharing that information. So again, we're really trying to be transparent. We're not trying to show anything that we're not, you know, we're trying to be overly open um, with kind of how our mixes are put together, why they were put together, what are the goal of the mixes um, from, from feeding wildlife, but also to feeding soil and maximizing both of those at the same time, which we felt was somewhat missing 
Um, the other difference is accessibility. You know, Jared, you see a lot of emails that go back and forth between me and customers or potential customers that reach out, you know, and, um, you know, text messages, Facebook messages, and I appreciate every one of them. And I mean, um, we're really trying to help people in ways that I don't feel others are, are able to get that type of one-on-one -on -one help. Hey, show me a soil sample. I don't care that you didn't buy it from us. Let's go over this soil sample. Hey, give me a call. Let's talk about this step-by-step. -step. Our one distributor down in Southeastern Ohio, um, Greg, you know, he's been to one of our customers' farms and toured the farm with him and looked at soil samples in his cabin there and reviewed them and, and called me, hey, what are your thoughts on this? You know, what do you think about this? And went over, I mean, we're trying to offer something um, that is just different than what anybody else is bringing, bringing to the market. Um, again, the last thing I'll say on this is, and I know we've touched on it a few times, um, but the types of seeds that we're using, but you know, it would be very easy to leave off some of these brassicas and still make a really good mix and sell it for the same price. But like, that's not what it's about. I, you know, I want to design and, and you review it and go, hey, yeah, that makes sense. You know, what about these slight changes here and there from a hunter's perspective, from a soil health perspective, and a hunter's perspective as well, you know, in making these slight adjustments and we want to maximize exactly what we're bringing to market so that when people plan it next year comes around, there's no doubt. They're like, yeah, I actually want to add another acre of that because it did so phenomenal for me. And I've done it on my own place. You know, I started with five acres of food plots 10 years ago, you know, and this year I'll plant like 22 acres of, you know, food plots. So that to me is kind of the difference that, that draw that we're bringing to, um, for people to see that success. You know, when you walk in your field and go, wow, look at the, the quality here. Look at the hairy vetch creeping through these brassicas. Look at the, all these different types of brassicas. It's just not a monoculture of the same type, right? Look at the rye grain popping up. So those are the things that I think um, separate us. The, I guess I, I said the last thing, but I have to have one more. I get inherently long-winded. The testing. I don't know if, if you all don't follow us, please, um, if you could follow Vitalize seed, um, also Instagram. We are doing continuous testing. Um, I had done some tissue testing uh, as well as soil sampling without the same three by three area. And then we were able to show, excuse me, correlations between the soil, the organic matter levels, the nitrate levels. And then also we were able to quantify the tissue testing of the cover crop from last year's carbon load before planting nitro boost. And we were able to show that we had ample nutrients in the soil profile to feed all of nitro boost. That's then actually going to increase a lot of those nutrients because we're not harvesting it. And there's a ton of browse available in the spring and summertime for whitetail anyways. So that's going to create a ton of above ground and below ground biomass with your root structure that then we're planting carbon load in. So we're doing continuous testing that's People like our partners at Ward Labs are reviewing for us, PhD soil scientists um, that are so gracious with their time to kind of review our stuff. So those are some of the things that we're trying to do that we just don't see that others are, are doing that, or at least not all combined in one. And we're trying to bring all of those things I just mentioned together. And I'm sure you could think of some additional ones, but um, I'll stop rambling on. No, you're good. I, I like a couple of the things you mentioned there in terms of, you know, taking extra time and, and extra care. Like we've had a couple of land plan clients where we're reviewing their soil tests too, right? We just got off the phone with the guy at Ward Labs for um, our friend Jason's 
with really high organic matter. Like these are examples of, of things where you're creating better habitat all over your farm, you know, your TSI, everything else. Well, why not have a, an awesome seed mix in there as well that does more than, you know, just feed the deer. Uh, but be sure to use an exclusion cage because my friend Josh sent me a picture with a nitro boost and those deer are, have ate it down all around the cage. Cage is like six inches high. The rest is mowed down. So it's, uh, it's, it's important, you know, the deer do love it. And, you know, we're all huge hunters here. Um, speaking for myself, I'm, there's nothing in this mix that I don't want in the mix. Like, this is perfect. Um, very excited to get this in the ground this fall. Like you said, by the last seed difference, transparency. We're very transparent. If you've listened to the podcast at all for the last five years, you know. Um, the balance, the high quality seeds that we pay extra for, you know, and just getting the most nutrient dense plants we can for our deer and other wildlife because that's what they like. That's what they seek out themselves. If your neighbor has it and you don't, um, you're messing out. So, absolutely. Absolutely. I wanted to cover one last thing, Al, at least one last thing that I wanted to cover. We can talk about whatever you want, but. I want to hit our dealer list real quick. Um, we were adding new dealers, you know, every week it seems. Um, if you just go to vitalizedseed.com, find a dealer up in the upper left-hand corner. There's a link in the show notes too where you'll be able to find all this. But we're covering, you know, the Midwest, Iowa, Minneapolis, all the way out to towards Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So down to almost Nashville, Tennessee. Um, Okay. Like you said, you mentioned Greg down in southeastern Ohio. We have Lincoln Roan over by Grand Rapids, Michigan. Phil Lincoln over near Terre Haute, Indiana, southern Indiana. Brad Thomas, multiple locations in Iowa. You got Pat over in Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania. Jared in Jefferson, Wisconsin. Ron in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Jordan in southern Illinois towards St. Louis, Missouri. Guys, we have... And then there's another page, Neil Hogger over in Wisconsin towards Minneapolis, Minnesota, that market, and we're adding more. So if you don't want to go online and shop online and you want to get some bigger orders and, you know, go to our dealers. These guys are, you know, experts in the field. We're helping to train them along the way too. Um, and that way, you know, we're trying to keep the, the listener base and the, our customers out there covered in as many ways as possible. So I just want to touch on a couple of dealers. Right there, Al, before we uh, move on. No, absolutely. I mean, thanks to all our dealers. I mean, they're great guys. They're passionate land managers, and um, they're passionate about soil health and, and you know, getting these, these uh, mixes in the ground, you know. So, um, yeah, thanks to all of them. And uh, if you have questions, you know, uh, you, know find, you can find it on the website or reach out to Jared and I anytime. We appreciate uh, all those guys. Well, Al, I went through all the listener questions in one way or another. Do you have anything else you want to cover before we uh, wrap this up and get ready to plant our fall food plots? I don't think so. I mean, I think the big, biggest thing is, you know, um, please check out the website, guys. There's a lot of information there. You know, click around on there. Obviously, the products tab, if you click on carbon load, you'll see the entire listing, um, you know, of products that are uh, or of seeds that are in that mix. If you click on the one-two process, um, there's a I had typed up a bunch of things on there that you can can read on about um, soil, soil stability. Um, I think Jared's been putting up the Friday 
soil health posts um, on there as well as in the blog format. Those also go out, I think, on the Habitat podcast page um, yep. as well. So we're trying to continue to get uh, a bunch of information out there. Um, again, our Facebook page and, um, and Instagram, um, again, trying to put a lot of information out there to help folks um, and kind of explain why some things are in our mixes, what our mixes are doing. And um, as always, if you guys have questions, please reach out. Um, if you're not using our mixes and you're just curious, um, I'm more than happy to take the time when I have it available to answer questions and chat with you and, and help you out um, and uh, continue to work on building better soil. So Jared, thanks. As always, to, It's always good to chat with you, buddy. It's always good to do a podcast. Um, and it was good to keep it under three hours. you're getting better with your long-windedness i don't think you're very long-winded anymore i think you're uh you're great at at efficiently communicating your points i love it i love it i have no problem with it this is this is a short one for you and i yeah it is well there's no there's no beers there's no beers on this one so that probably that probably does help we talk on the phone longer than this like daily that's true that's true but no, guys, check us out, vitalizedseed.com. Like Al said, all the products are up there. We're currently open for orders on the Carbon Load Fall Mix. That's our 16-way mix that I'm going to shoot a buck over this fall. Al, I hope you do as well. Um, as That'd well. be two years in a row. I don't know if I could kill a buck over a food plot two years in a row. Um, that would be really something, especially another five-and-a-half-year-old. If I can kill a five-and-a-half-year-old over this again, I might just hang it up forever. I don't know. <laughs> that would be really something. There's the pressure's on, but the uh, same for you though. I mean, you killed two and two, two and what, three weeks, something like that. Yeah. yeah I mean, this, this is going to be, uh, it's going to be a really fun year. Cause I actually feel like the last couple of years have been so good that the pressure's off, you know, it's just like, okay, let's just have some fun. We're going to feed a lot of deer and, uh, we're going to pile some does up and we're gonna have a lot of fun with it. Awesome, man. Well, look forward to catching up with you soon. Thanks so much for coming on the show once again. And uh, we're going to continue down the, the soil building road. So, guys, stay tuned. Al will be back in the future to talk more soil health uh, strategy there. So, thanks again, buddy. Absolutely. Thank you so much, listeners, for coming and listening once again to the Habitat Podcast. We really appreciate it. If you could... Please do us a favor. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. If you type out something nice, I will send you a free Habitat Podcast decal. If you haven't been to our website, HabitatPodcast.com, we have our Habitat Property Consultation Services on there under the Land Plan tab. Check out our HP Land Plans there. We also have hats, T-shirts, and decals up at HabitatPodcast.com. Of course, all of our podcast episodes. And then we have a new Habitat Podcast journal where you can learn about deer anatomy and some cool thoughts, um, you know, more of a blog post from us every now and then. We'd really love it if you went over to our Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, found the Habitat Podcast, and please subscribe. That really helps us. And thank you very much to our sponsors. I'd like to thank Exodus Trail Cameras. Packer Max Cultipackers, Afflictor Broadheads, Michigan Whitetail Pursuit, The Squirrel at NutPlanter.com, and Morse Nursery. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in once again. Get back with us soon. We're going to have another great episode for you as we become better habitat managers.
Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.